Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There is no better group of plants for flower power than forms of the shrubby potentilla. Hello and welcome to This Week in the Garden. I'm Peter Seabrook, here to help with some of your gardening quandaries and to wish you a very happy new year. One of my favourite families are the Christmans, nay, Sexton. And the latest addition looks after the floral fantasia area at the Royal Horticultural Society Garden at Hyde Hall. Today, I'm joined by Molly Christman to discuss her blossoming career in the industry. My thanks to S.E. Marshall Limited, sponsors of this podcast. You know, we've got a clean start. Away we go, a whole year ahead, the new decade, to really uh, show people what we can grow and what we can do. Uh, The weather's not been too bad either. I mean, on Boxing Day, we had a killer. Absolutely poor with rain, cold and miserable. And I'm afraid that prevented uh, most of the outdoor pursuits. But since then, it's been quite dry. And quite honestly, on the Monday... Uh, I was up planting bulbs at uh, Hyde Hall and it was the most glorious day. Blue skies, quite mild weather and perfect for gardens. Actually, it's quite useful to me because uh, I did tell you we're busy planting bulbs at the Royal Horticultural Society's garden at Hyde Hall. Um, What I wasn't quite prepared for was that uh, very generous uh, Hayloft Company out uh, in Worcestershire delivered a tonne and a half of bulbs for us to plant. I mean, that's many thousands of them. Uh, uh, And so we've planted already four or five really big beds in the Floral Fantasia area at Hyde Hall, which uh, next April and May should be really spectacular. I was surprised as we were up on the top of the hill there in that uh, warm sunshine on uh, Monday and then Wednesday, how many people were visiting. I mean, the car park was pretty well full and there were queues at the restaurant. It was great to see uh, uh, grandmas and granddads and um, sons and daughters and, and the grandchildren all having a great day out in the gardens. And the questions... I mean, we were there to plant bulbs, and it's quite difficult, really, with your back bent and your backside up in the air, uh, trying to field uh, the questions that came thick and fast. You know, what kind of bulbs were we planting? Weren't we planting them late? Well, we were, really, uh, uh, but we had to get them in, and, and with luck, most of what we're planting will be fine. You know, soil's pretty warm, and they should grow pretty quickly. Then they wanted to know how tall they would grow, what sort of colours we'd got, uh, whether we had any uh, special design thoughts. One or two people still had some bulbs at home to plant. Uh, And, of course, we were saying, well, you need to get back home and get those planted. Uh, The little tiny bulbs, the chances are they'll have shriveled and won't do very well. 
But the really big bulbs, we were planting a frittle area, you know, the snake's head uh, frittle area, and the crown imperials. Now, they're majestic plants. They grow, well, up to a metre high, and the flowers hang like bells uh, beneath a green tuft of uh, greeny leaf. It's a flower that has the rather wonderful story. When Christ was walking through the Garden of Gethsemane, the flowers were all facing upward, and then they were so ashamed they dropped and hung down. And if you look at the flowers that open in April and May, you'll see at the top of each petal a little uh, dewdrop, five teardrops in the top of each flower. So uh, it'll be good to explain that to the visitors at Hyde Hall. Back home, I managed to get uh, some already prepared soil knocked down, ready to plant out sweet peas. Normally I would uh, sow them direct in October where they're going to grow, but I'm afraid I got so far behind it didn't get done this year in the way that it should. But at least I've got the soil now nicely cultivated, covered with cloches, and the uh, sweet peas that were sown in 9 centimetre pots, uh, they can go out now. I'll need to keep a watch for both slugs and mice. Speaking of mice, perhaps I should get a cat. When we were at uh, Hyde Hall, there were several questions about cats. I'm always a bit apprehensive because you can divide the population in half. You know, there's one half, of course, that love cats and wouldn't have a hair harmed on their head. And for those people who are very enthusiastic gardeners, if they get a really nice soft bit of soil with things planted and they've got two or three cats uh, in the neighbouring gardens, then I'm afraid the cats can scratch things and uh, cause frustration and aggravation. And people wanted to know what they could do uh, to deter cats. It's not very easy, I can tell you that, particularly if somebody's got two or three cats next door. Uh, a bit of wire netting is very useful because once you've disturbed the soil and made it soft, planting bulbs or sowing seeds, if you can just stretch a little bit of wire netting over the top or even some twiggy sticks, I use some elm sticks that will later be go uh, to support peas, uh, uh, well and sweet peas and all of the herbaceous flowers. If you just stretch that over the cultivated area, it just means that the cat can't get in uh, quite so easily, and with a bit of luck, uh, we'll go somewhere else. Now, my guest this week is a new entrant to gardening, a young lady called Molly Christman. I've worked with... Uh, her granddad for a number of years, and with her mum too. But, but Molly now, since last April, has been working as a gardener in the Floral Fantasia area at the Royal Horticultural Society Gardens at Hyde Hall. Now, Molly, how are things today on the hilltop at Hyde Hall? <laughs> uh, they're not too bad, actually, Peter. Um, it's a very windy day at the moment. It's a windy sight up there, isn't it? Goodness, the wind does blow. They say that Essex is flat, but <laughs> at the top of that hill, when the wind's in the southwest, you can... You, you I, I've not noticed. <laughs> <laughs> now, Molly, um, can you just explain to us how you sort of set off? I mean, you went to uh, university uh, not to study horticulture. No, no. I um, 
I started off at university at Oxford Brooks and I did a, a fine art course there. A bit different. Um, what's involved? I mean, is that um, skill with the hands, drawing? Uh, is it, it was, an understanding of pictures, of theatre? Of It yeah. was very much so all of what you just mentioned. Um, the course I chose was specifically for me to explore and take risks in that creative field because I wasn't too sure at the time what I wanted to do. And this course was an opportunity for me to develop myself creatively and figure out where it was I was going afterwards. You and I will have met, first of all, working with your mother, Val Greisman, at the Chelsea Flower Show. We did. We we met, um, I think it was the summer before I started university, where I did my first Chelsea Flower Show. Yeah, because, you know, the whole family has a history, doesn't it, of landscaping. Your grandfather, and, and I think even was it great great grandfather was involved in. Uh, I really? I believe so. Um, some I, I can tell you the exact kind of heritage, but I, uh, we did start off doing landscaping, rock landscapes. Um, it kind of then transitioned into farming. My granddad was a farmer, and I think it was the 1980s. He then went into gardening, went into do Chelsea Bar shows where he met you. That's that's right. We won't, we won't go down that route. He, no. He and I had some great uh, exch- <laughs> exchanges, but a remarkably talented man, yeah. you know, as, as your mother is. Yeah. And, and so what, why? What, what sort of made the decision, having studied fine arts, to um, really put on waterproofs and be working, you know, in what are I, quite demanding conditions. I, I think growing up in a family like I have, I've always been interested in gardening and horticulture. But after doing Chelsea, I remember going back to university and I'd go through the year and I, I wouldn't mind it, but then I'd spend my summer at Chelsea again and I'd kind of think I'm enjoying it a lot more than I am the course <laughs> I'm taking. And by the end... I just realised that horticulture was definitely the way forward for me. Yeah, so that was the the Damascus moment. But then it was. Yeah, but since last April, you went absolutely cold, so to speak, into what must have been about uh, an acre of a pretty daunting yeah. garden uh, to set about. Uh, wasn't that a bit uh, frightening? I, it was very frightening. Um, it was very different to what I was used to. Um, it's I suddenly had this big kind of responsibility. I didn't have anyone else to kind of help me along in the actual garden. I've had, I've had a lot of support from you, from the RHS and from Hyde Hall, and it's it's made it a bit easier. <laughs> yes, there are great staff there, aren't they? A wonderful team. They're amazing. I couldn't have asked for a better team to help me. Uh, they've kind of not, I would say, held my hand, but when I'm kind of struggling and commute to all of this, I've never had to maintain a garden before. They've they've come along and they've shown me what to do and how to approach things. And, uh, I mean, working with you, Peter, and my mum throughout the years, I've already got a lot of knowledge up there. And just to know I've got this kind of support system behind me yeah. is great. And when you've set out in April... It was just a bare landscape. It was. That was um, another thing I wasn't really used to, kind of imagining 
what was going to become of this space and it had a lot of work to do. I mean, I've never actually worked on dense clay soil before. <laughs> and it's terrible, isn't it? Boy, that is heavy, sticky yellow clay. It is. Yeah. You had that really long, narrow border, uh, I think 60 or so yards long, which held the Fluoroselect nasturtium trial. I mean, thinking back on it, we did almost too much handing you 78 packets of seed and saying, <laughs> getting on with that. What? Yes, uh, well, I, that was um, interesting as well, changing that bed from, I think it was just weeds and grass, getting that ready. So then 78 different varieties of nasturtium. <laughs> didn't know there was that many. And all the rows straight and neat, because I know yes. when I was your age on a set of trial grounds, we had a, a line just to draw each drill to sow seeds, and I forgot to move the line on one occasion, and so it meant that uh, instead of them being parallel, they suddenly became a small triangle, and <laughs> every row from there onwards <laughs> was, <laughs> was off the 90-degree the angle. You managed to avoid that, didn't you? <laughs> I did. I was very paranoid about it to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> but then what a show they made. They, I, mean, I didn't expect it, I'll be honest. I, whenever I told someone I was doing a whole bed of nostalgia, their normal response was, oh, they don't do very well in my garden. <laughs> so I worried a bit. <laughs> Well, you, you certainly had the green finger touch with those. I mean, they, yes. were, they were in flower in June and then can flowered continuously. And until we had a really sharp frost in November. Yeah, it was amazing. I didn't, I didn't expect it, but they, they really were a showstopper there. But then when we come to the main planting, we had those five pyramids in Birmingham with, uh, yes. uh, I think, several thousand, I think over three and a half thousand, three and a half litre pots of flowering plants. Yeah. Uh, all loaded onto two 20-tonne lorries. <laughs> <laughs> And then dumped on, on the floral fantasia area and left in the careful hands of Molly. Yes. But um, when you say it like that, it, it sounds very daunting, actually. Well, <laughs> I can't was, believe we did it. It was pretty daunting to me. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no, that was, um, that was very interesting. I think I had all these plans, I know, before, and we can do the plants, but you don't actually realise what you're going to do until all the plants are there. And I remember looking the day we delivered it all and just all of the pathways filled with plants. And I thought, I've got to put all these in these beds. <laughs> yeah. It was amazing. But you did a very good job with, with colour coordination. I mean, it was something which hadn't really entered my head. Um, I, I was all for, you know, big, colourful, uh, <laughs> impressive things. And worried that each of the seed companies, I mean, we had over 26 international breeders supplying plants. I was pretty keen to see that each of their entries, you know, shot out, shone out yeah. clean. But you managed to meld those all together. I, I think, uh, I mean, working on Chelsea with my mum, she's always taught me kind of right and wrongs and how to level out a bed to kind of not have it overpowering and I think that's something I took as well from the university doing art it's always thinking about balance and form and colour and how they work well together and how they don't work well together so I mean it took a while but I think we found the right balance in that garden kind of 
not outshine in the individual plant. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was no question. The visitors absolutely loved it, didn't they? They did. Yeah. Uh, they had, I got so many good comments from visitors. They just, I think that's something they hadn't seen yet. Looking back over those uh, few months, what are the plants that uh, stand out in your mind? Oh, God, there's so many. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, some, I know some favourites from the public had to have been, I mean, the Alstroemeria Indian Summer. And that's a wonderful thing, isn't it? It was. I mean, we had, I think I counted 30 stems in one pot just at that top entrance. Yeah. I think it was a plant that really, that the public came in, they saw, uh, I told them what it was, and it was something that they could take home, that they thought, I can have that in my garden. It comes back, it kind of fills the space, it looks nice. That was a real public favourite from this garden. And then when they came in at the entrance, particularly early on, fragrance was important, wasn't it? Very important. We made a point to um, to line both entrances and also the pathways with the scented flowers we could get. So it was normally where people would stand and sit on the benches. And we had wonderful plants. I mean, the sweet peas at both entrances, absolutely, the public adored them. Yes, I think think they've sort of not come across them in quite that way, had they? You know, people love sweet peas, but it looks as if they just thought they were too difficult to grow. I think so. I mean, when they they would ask me what I did, they would be surprised at how easy it was to actually maintain some sweet peas. And I think they all thought, why haven't we been doing it? Yeah, yeah. Well, with luck, we will have encouraged, you know, a lot of people to have a go. And then your summer was so successful that we're continuing with it. I mean, you, yeah. <laughs> even now you have uh, several plants that are quite colourful. Yes. Um, I don't think we, we realised that it would do so well that then we would be given the go-ahead to continue throughout the seasons and then do a hopefully bigger and better display next summer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I must mention the Primrose Everlast. Because, oh, yeah. Uh, um, I have a bowl of those. Uh, three plants, I'm afraid, were sneaked away from your planting <laughs> and, and put into a bowl. And they're outside by a residential home, but protected. And they're absolutely fantastic. Full of flower now, you know. They, I mean, even the ones in, in, our, in my garden, they're not very well protected being on top of that hill. And it's harsh weather we've been having, and they're still in flower. They're still looking amazing. Yeah. Uh, and you've planted a few bulbs. I have. <laughs> Just a few. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we have several companies, uh, Diego, Hayloft, who've been uh, very generous providing bulbs. And I think at the last count, about 10,000. <laughs> so it should be quite... I would co- say that's a good number. <laughs> <laughs> should be quite colourful, yeah. It should be. Molly, the most pleasing thing about this interview is to hear you describe it as my garden. (laughs) You've certainly done a fantastic job and you should uh, claim ownership of it. Thank you very much for all you're doing. That's okay. Thank you. To close with a thought still at Christmas, then uh, a real cracker. What do you do with an injured bumblebee? You send it to hospital. 
My producer holds his head in his hands and I just say, time to wish you a very good growing new year as we head off into an exciting new decade. My thanks to S.E. Marshall Limited, sponsors of this podcast. And thanks to you for listening. Enjoy your garden. We'll be back next Thursday. Discover more at sungardening.co.uk. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.